You're listening to the Food on the Edge podcast. Food on the Edge is a two-day symposium in Galway for chefs and food enthusiasts all around the world who want to create a better global network. How emotional I was. Because uh, it, was the, it is the first time I'm talking about this. It, I never talked about this before. And it uh, was uh, extremely emotional for me to see the images of the carbonara with banana peels and... Uh, you know, the, to see Gustavo after month, you know, and, uh, you know, all the, these people, like, actually the best part was, uh, is always our, our guest, you know, and uh, because uh, they are so, they're so desperately needy for hug, smile, you know, the things the best the best thing I read was uh, an article on the New York Times in which uh, you know the guy this guy applied to be a volunteer for a couple of days without saying anything and uh, after two days he came to me and said I am the New York Times and I'm gonna write about you <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> and the interview these people and these people they were like you know it's the first time in life you know, they treat us like a human being. It, it's, we felt like prince and princess. I asked my, my wife to pinch me to see if it was real or not. And it was. And, you know, when you, when you read it, it's, it's different than when you hear these words every night. And you read it and you see, wow. So this is the proof that we are doing the right thing. Thing. We are treating them as human beings and we rebuild the dignity of the people. So this is the point of the refettorio. We could create a soup kitchen with thousands of meals, but it's not the point. It's not a charity project, it's a cultural project. So the cultural project is a, a, it's, it's about, about that, it's about art, it's about design, it's about music, it's about uh, you know the architect that create an amazing place for people to walk in. Actually now we are rebuilding also the playground for the kids. So it's gonna be, it's a work in progress. <laughs> but without Osteria Francescana, we could, we're never gonna do that. We could never, because Osteria is, a, as I said, is a, is a laboratory of ideas, much more than a restaurant, you know. And, uh, you know, we have a team that is working. We develop, for example, the concept of everything, you know. Everything you have is, I stimulate my guys all the time saying, okay, let's do this, let's do that. And uh, one, one, of, one exercise is, uh, okay, uh, open a refrigerator and, and use whatever you have and create something that is called everything. Everything means everything you have, you have to put together and filter uh, everything with, through a mental palette through your mental palate and create something amazing for the staff meal. So they can screw up because, you know, we are going to eat that. And if they made mistakes, you know, it's, it's trouble for them. So they're like put all themselves to do that. But it's like that that you learn the concept. And the concept of everything is like everything that became something very important at the refectory because it's a ragu of everything, broth of everything. Uh, 
uh, soup of everything, you know. It's, it's, it's here, it's our knowledge. It's, uh, it's something that we have and uh, we, in our hands, and we transfer to the kids, uh, to the apprentices, to the volunteers, to our chef. And, uh, you know, all this is possible just because uh, we have an amazing team up down there uh, that is there and is still there, like Taka, Davide, Beppe, you know, more than the decades they're working with me and they're there because uh, the secret is uh, simple, is a stimulation, uh, you know, cultural stimulation that I, I do every day, you know. Uh, asking, uh, you know, one page uh, about uh, Russian constructivism. And he said, Russian constructivism, what the fuck is this? And it's like, I don't know, just check it out. And they check uh, and, you know, you see amazing answer to pages, you know, and uh, they learn, they learn, they open their minds. Okay, but... Uh, I know, know some sorry. people have questions, right? <laughs> so what we do is we might start on this side. If you just put your hand in your air, um, your name and the publication, and then we work across. If we have time for two hey, questions, yeah. we come back. So right. we start over this side. Hands up. Anyone that has a question over here? Do you want me to keep talking? <laughs> Claudia? Yeah. yeah, like, okay. come on. No, no, don't worry. I can start. Um, you are talking about this as a trend as well. Like I know other chefs are also getting in these kind of movements, following your example and also like complementing it. Yeah. Would you be able to tell us more about that kind of experiences? How would you see the chef as a profession kind of changing towards this kind of um, responsibility awareness? So, um, in the everyday operation or in the, in the, in the mind? Oh. It's, you know, in the vision. In the vision, I think right. that would be more interesting. Yeah. Uh, you know, first of all, when I started in Milan, and, uh, you know, I was, uh, I called everyone. In uh, 45 minutes, I made all the phone calls. And the pe people, the people, my friends, so, because this is exactly what it is, contemporary gastronomy. It's about sharing. It's not about... I'm here, you know, I'm hiding. And uh, uh, they said, yes, I'm gonna, be, uh, I'm gonna be with you. Let's try, let's see. I have this example of Alain Ducasse. Like, you know, he's no more a chef, he's an entrepreneur. And uh, you know, he's like, he's one of, maybe the most important person on my gastronomic uh, life. And he was, uh, he called five times to be part of Rio de Janeiro. Make sure that the 18th of August was his day, so he was planning to be there because he wants to be there. And the the year before was the 14th of July, is the day of France, you know, La Presa de la Bastilla. And uh, you know, and he said, I want to cook there the 14th of July. So it's like when you see answer like that, you know, you see that the people they really want to be there, they really trust me. Because, uh, you know, I built my credibility through years. I never went on television to advertise some crazy stuff or some broth or glutamate or crunchy <laughs> things. And, you know, rice or, you know, it's like, it's like this. When I, yeah, I grew up in Modena in a food valley, you know, in the middle of Emilia-Romagna. And uh, I feed my 
kids as my mom was feeding me with parmigiano reggiano for a simple reason because you know it's raw milk skim milk is extremely important for your growth and how can i advertise you know grana padano for example you know it's it's not my is i'm not i'm not uh, you know credible on that so uh, for that reason i think uh, they and then once they arrive and once they live this kind of experience once they were confronting they complaining of the people because it was not enough because uh, they want pasta and not a soup because you know they you you're going to really have an idea what is a refugee what is a people nothing what is kids they live on the street they break glasses on the table because they don't know how to use something they never touch something of glass you know do you know what i mean yeah. it's incredible it's it's something that you, you i can't explain you know i lived it and i know it but if i tell you it's just another story but I saw these kids, they were like playing with the glass. And they were breaking on the table. You know, it's, it is like that. See, people, transvestites that are like, they came uh, like 10 of them since the first day. They're our best guests. And, uh, but two days later, you see them on the street selling themselves. You know, it's, it's something that is going to stay with you forever. And uh, and this guy, all my 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 friend, they came. They were they they sent me messages all the time. Uh, Albert Adria just two days ago said, "This is unbelievable. This is something incredible." You know, in Milan, Ferran and Albert, you know, they left the soup kitchen. They came to me. They said, "You know, Massimo." Ferran was uh, very emotional, and he said, "Massimo is like it was." five years that I wasn't in the kitchen with a bear. You know, you put us together again. So you are an agent of change. You feel you are an agent of change. You are, you know, uh, I'm using, you know, as I said before, I use, I'm using my spotlight to make visible the invisible other things, you know, not just osteria or, or whatever, you know. It's not just about me. It's about us. Us. But why? I, I say that. It's very simple. Because uh, once you get into art, what is art? Art is the tool. Tool to make visible the invisible. Art is something, is the highest point of uh, human being, the, the, the way human being thinks. And one of my favorite artists was Joseph Beuys. Joseph Beuys was a revolutionary, was uh, an artist that during the, the 70s, he created this idea, he had this idea of save the planet. 1975, in his first <coughs> exhibition, he showed, it, it, no, was it in the exhibition, for the first time he showed a wor work of art called We Should Never Stop Planting. And he planted trees. And he creates a park that now is still there. He put trees on uh, Chelsea. He, uh, he, put, uh, he, he, he was planting trees. Uh, he created uh, we, we Are the Revolution. 
you know, he was embracing you like this and say, it's not about me, it's about us. So if you have culture, you give back. It's, uh, if you have culture, you get involved in this project. If you don't, you just think about yourself and how much money you make every year. Or, you know, you, and uh, you care about if you are number one, number two, number three, number four. This is different, you know? So it's like, it's about, uh, it, I can see in the eyes of these people, of most of them, you know, they want to be part of this project. And, uh, uh, you know, I, you also see people, they're like sneaky, you know? They want to be there to show they are there. Or they want to do events because they heard that food waste is a problem or is something that people talk about. So they do pop up uh, in uh, here, there, and everywhere to, for waste. And then the day after, they, they're back to their job. But once you're involved, you cannot walk away. You're just there. And I'm sure every one of them, they're going to be with me. You know? Okay. Orla? Sorry. Hi, I'm Orla from Food and Wine Magazine. Um, it's obviously had a huge impact on you personally being in Rio, but has it had a big impact on your Michelin star restaurant? And also, do those accolades, the stars and the number one, do they mean as much to you as they would have a few years ago? But uh, uh, Osteria is, a, as I say, is a laboratory of ideas. We create culture there. Mm -hmm. It's not that we are looking for stars or, or numbers. We're like, you know, we are there. We are the same that we were last year or two years ago or three years ago. And we are better. We are much better. Because now we are even much more open and, uh, you know, uh, we have a different approach, you know. Because think about that. In this project, I always ask the team, who wants to be with me? there, here, in Rio, in Milan, and everyone of the team raised his hand. So I had to choose, because, you know, everyone wants to be there. So it's normal for us to do that. It's normal to fly uh, from, uh, fly back to, the, from uh, New York, uh, stay 24 hours in Modena, then uh, take the train, go to Bologna, to Rome, get the prize again yesterday as best restaurant in Italy, and uh, you know, uh, run uh, to the to the airport, uh, take the fly, one hour and a half delay, arriving here at one o'clock in the morning, take the car uh, back, uh, arriving here at four, uh, wake up and be in a conference like this. For me. It's, it is, and it's happening because I want to do that. Because this, I'm here to communicate to you all this. I didn't want to do any intellectual things as I usually do, because uh, it's time to do something different. You know, um, it's it's easier to explain this project and and talk about uh, the sense of responsibility, not always about culture. But this is a culture through sense of responsibility. Because uh, there is a, a piece of art, like it's called, is in the entrance of Osteria, no? There is a, is a lemon with a plug-in, 
with a light bulb, yellow, called Capri battery. It's, it's, it's a bulb, it's a boys, no? It's the last piece he did before dying. He was recovering from a, from a lung disease in Capri because uh, he thought, as a green uh, guy, that son, he was helping him, healing. He, but it, this piece of art is a metaphor for healing your soul, you know? It's uh, nature, the lemon, technology, poetry is exactly the metaphor or oops I dropped the lemon tart exactly the same thing because oops I dropped the lemon tart is a metaphor for a broken south of Italy broken part of Italy it's uh, Italy is divided in two parts you know we know uh, everyone knows that but Italy it's uh, is also uh, south of Italy is like it's not just a, a broken place where you arrive, where you're late, where the flight is not coming, where the, uh, where the whatever. But it's also walking in the Temple Valley, or swimming in Capri, or biting uh, uh, a caper from Pantelleria that is being sold by the wind. It's unbelievable. Or like a, a lemon from Sorrento, or almond from Noto. So a broken lemon tart is poetry. It's not food. You know, it's like, it's, a, it's about rebuilding in a perfect way the imperfection. South of Italy is the most imperfect place in the world. But it, it, Italy, without South of Italy, would be a Switzerland, a South of Switzerland, you know? And it's nothing. But with, with South of Italy, is a mixture of this. And it's Italy, you know? This is the point. So it's not that I'm doing this. And if I didn't have Osteria, I couldn't do this. Osteria is like, it's, it's something for me that we built a dream and uh, we keep dreaming all together. And it's, uh, it's something that we do it every day without any compromise. <coughs> it, to me, one of the most uh, avant-garde, uh, provocatory things uh, ever, in, uh, ever in gastronomy was giving us the three star. Because Michelin, that is like so conservative, and so, you know, 2011, before everyone else, they gave us three star, that means to a restaurant that instead of serving a lobster or caviar was serving Parmigiano-Reggiano crust and uh, breadcrumbs and, uh, you know, sardines. Because they understood that our way of cooking was about emotion. What's about, it's about something completely different. You know, you walk, when you walk into Osteria, you walk into a place that there is no one else in the world, you know. That's, that's the point. Okay, um, sorry, Per. Per from Berlin Food Stories and Vice Munchies. Um, so Berlin is something of an emerging food city, a blank food canvas. What, uh, what advice would you give a chef from a city like that today with your experience? What city? Berlin, Germany. Huh. Uh, Berlin is, uh, <coughs> is one of the most interesting places in the world right now. 
and uh, you know they asked me to do to to have a soup kitchen. Oh really? Actually, yeah. Uh, actually, the, there is a big company called Grunding, right. and uh, who really was the first one who came to me. Um, and I wasn't polemic eh, in this conference. <laughs> I can be very polemic, but I, did, I, I left uh, everything on the side. Who came to me and he said, uh, we, want, we want to be on your side. I said, yeah, I don't want to do advertising stuff like that. I said, no, 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 I don't, we don't want you. We want food for soul. And, uh, you know, and they, they gave us 100,000 euro just to, to help us to open refectorium. Mm. And they're working on spaces, on uh, put together people to open in Berlin. And uh, uh, what, I, what I can suggest uh, to, to chefs in Berlin is like, uh, I, I suggest to, to everyone, you know, is like for a young generation, it's important, totally important to travel. First of all, after you really understand who you are, and where you come from, you have to travel, to get exposed, to to learn, to absorb, to 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 be to become a better person. So like that, you can come back and transform, you know, this uh, this uh, your own uh, you know your own uh, cuisine. But I think it's creativity in general. It's like this. It's not just about cuisine. It's like these kind of jobs are extremely important. For you, you know. Okay. I need to move over to this side. Um, Georgina. Hi, uh, Georgina Campbell. Georgina Campbell's Island Guide. Um, I'm just wondering if you can see any way in which the experiences that you've had with soup kitchens could be translated to the enormous problems that we have with the um, migration and the huge suffering of refugees. Uh, which has to be. The, I have. Uh, I have uh, dreams. You know. In my, mm, we we met or we already met uh, different refugees in uh, in the soup kitchen in Bologna. Uh, Bologna was uh, all about uh, refugees because there's a big uh, passing through, you know, and uh, so it was much easier than Rio de Janeiro because uh, most of the time refugees they have they you know their families uh, and. Uh, you know, there, there are kids uh, and uh, it's very easy to create a good atmosphere and, you know, because kids are uh, pure emotion and, uh, you know, see them running around uh, full of life, talking about nothing and coming to the kitchen to tasting everything, you know, it's, it's amazing. And... Uh, and uh, but in my, in my idea, the dream would be like to, you know, I know that the mayor of Paris is extremely interesting in something like this, and they are trying to find a way to. No, actually, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good music. <laughs> uh, and uh, the mayor of Paris is uh, is very interesting and. Uh, could be extremely important as a message in Paris, in France, uh, with everything that happened, to create something there. Maybe with JR, I don't know. 
because I already know that there is a, a big center that is very ugly. When, uh, when uh, all the refugees arrive, uh, they have this big center in which they divide it, for, they keep them for three days, and then they divide women and children on one side and men on the other side. So maybe in, in, the, in, the, in the moment in which uh, there are women and children, uh, to create something really special, maybe with all the three-star Michelin, uh, all together in Paris. could be an incredible message, you know? Who knows? I'm dreaming with you right now. <laughs> so this is something that... Okay, over this side. James Brennan from Fine Dining Lovers. How can uh, everyday people get involved in things like this? In, the, in this project? Yeah, uh, in their own community. But, you know, in every day, it's very easy. You know, fight the waste every day. It's like, just I want to transplant uh, the brain of my grandmother, the experience of my grandmother to you, and it's gonna be easy. No, it's, it's, it's like, it's exactly what we do. Uh, when they ask me a recipe uh, for the, in every day, it's, uh, it's, um, uh, I say, there is no recipe. You just go, buy, we built a relation with the small butcher, farmers, cheesemakers, buy seasonal, buy the small amount, not like shop as they do in New York, going up Harlem, fill the car with frozen stuff and back for one month. You know, that's the worst thing you can do. But the good thing is like, when you go down to Union Square, and you, you, you see the stands, and you buy a cheese, a little bit of cheese, a little bit of blueberry, some uh, vegetables, or today, mushroom, uh, it's fall, and go back home and cook some fresh food, some uh, seasonal food. You spend less, you eat better, and uh, you, know, you don't waste. So this is the best recipe you can have. Just, re you know, and don't throw away things like, like, uh, like my I grew up like that. My grandmother would, 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 that's why I said in the beginning the example of my grandmother. I said, what are they doing, all the chef in this uh, refectory? They transplant for one day my grandmother's brain and through, and through their knowledge they make visible the invisible, you know. What we do in Osteria Francescana every day, we compress into edible bite our passion sitting on centuries of tradition, filtered by a contemporary mind. So it's like, it's this. But for your everyday, and fighting waste is extremely easy. You just have to take off from your shoulders some laziness and dedicate a little bit more time to cooking, you know, and to shopping, and to rebuild the relation with the farmers, fishermen, cheesemakers, you know, this is the best way to act. Okay, we have time for one more question over here. No, there's a uh, one there. Okay, Adam. No, because it's like it's like <laughs> since the first <laughs> you didn't you ignore it. Yeah. Okay. Last like, question. Know. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I'm Adam Park from the Gannet. Uh, so, how, what do you see yourself doing in five, ten, twenty years? If, if, you know, you've got oh multiple. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think the important thing is you don't burn out in the next year or two, so sustainably to make sure that you can keep 
balancing your, your life and for another 20, 30 years? Huh? Yeah. What do you see as what ultimately I, I think it's, uh, first of all, it's very important to keep focus on Osteri Francisca. So, I, you know, I, I don't want one million dollar to open a restaurant in Hong Kong. I had this offer and I said no, because I want to keep that place in Via Stella 22 in a small town of Modena, because that's unique and that's it. And, uh, I want to keep helping uh, with recipe and ideas the whole area of Emilia Romagna. So what I want to do is like I, uh, I want to close uh, to close to open a university. Uh, is already there. The space is unbelievable. Is a uh, an old villa from 17th century uh, with a beautiful, beautiful park and land. Uh, it was an agricultural place uh, since ever built like that with a secret garden in the back. It's amazing. And uh, because uh, after we get involved into save an agricultural school, uh, putting together. Uh, chefs and uh, and farmers, uh, the chef of the farmers of the future. Um, I realize that to build, <coughs> if I say, if I keep saying that culture is the most important thing, university is the the key. So, the chef of the future has to know more about soil, and the farmers <coughs> of the future they have to know more about taste. So, if they grow together. The chef of the future, they're going to respect more the ingredients. So the, uh, the metaphor is they're going to go in the kitchen with their hand dirty of earth and, uh, you know, smelling milk. You know, that's a very important point. So if that's, a, that's one. Maybe it's going to be 100 uh, refettorio. Uh, it depends all how uh, Osteria is doing, how... Uh, the team is doing it's all about your mind you know but uh, as I always say in my future there's always future so I can't say what what's going on you know it's uh, it's in my mind it's in my DNA you know I never you know I was in Rome for the yesterday afternoon for the six years in a row never happened all the gastronomic guys they put us as the best restaurant of Italy you know, and you know how they are Italian. If, they, if someone say, this is blue, the other one say, oh no, it's red. <laughs> you know, they fight over everything. So for us, it's something, it's a miracle. And, uh, you know, I received the prize, but I was already, in my mind, in a conference here. So it's, it's never, you know, I'm always projecting to a different, uh, you know, perspective. So uh, I don't know. Okay, last question. Yeah. So, uh, next for refectories is going to be New York? No, the, the next question. <laughs> no, I don't want to talk about this. Okay. Because, uh, you know, there are so many projects, you know. Actually, Cristina just came back from Rio de Janeiro. Uh, sorry, she, she came back from Rio de Janeiro. She went in London. She came back to London, and London said, we already, they saw beautiful spaces. Uh, there are people there that are so interested. There are like, uh, you know, the money out there, so maybe it's going to be London. I said maybe. No, it's going to be London. Yeah. Maybe it's going to be London. Who knows? Uh, yeah. You know, but yeah, we are keep going. And, uh, you know, um, 
10 days ago, I was cooking at the MoMA. They opened MoMA for me. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And I was cooking, and my audience was like, uh, Eric Repair, Mari Patali, Daniel Lama, you know, all the chefs from New York, Carbone, Wild Dufres, everyone was there. And they were like, wow, they opened MoMA for you? Wow, that's amazing. And uh, you know, after the, the lunch, the dinner, I walk on stage just to say thank you to everyone to, to be part of this event. And they came to me, big company came to me and they said, oh, we have a present for you. We are following your, your work and Lara's work since like a couple of years and we realize you're really serious and you really put all your energy and focus and the ethic close to your job because it's all about this, ethic and aesthetic. If I put ethic in my job every day, it's much brighter, much beautiful than, than, than anything. So they, they, I opened a, a, a things like a fold like this, and there was $100,000. $100, and uh, I said, what, what's that? Oh, this is for you. Uh, we, we know that you're going to use them in the right way. So this is the point, you know. We are changing. We are changing the world. Actually, I'm going to close with something extremely positive. So, actually, one very negative. So, <laughs> when we, you, to understand the struggling for me to open in Brazil was like, when we start talking with com Brazilian companies about this, no one company said we're gonna give you something. No one, no one euro. We raise money, you know from what? Coca-Cola. And you say, Coca-Cola. I said, yes, Coca-Cola. Why? Because I thought, is Coca-Cola's Coca-Cola Foundation first? And I said, and they said, Coca-Cola Foundation. I said, ah, maybe it's okay, but we're never gonna serve Coca-Cola at the repertorium. I want still water at the refectory. They said, we don't care. We love the project. We give you 200. So this is the point, you know? And, uh, and after that, I start realizing that I grew up drinking Coca-Cola. And I'm like this, you know? <laughs> and, uh, you know? And you know why? Because it's a style of life you have. You, you get obese drinking Coca-Cola if you spend the whole day in front of your computer or your iPad playing stuff and like this. But if you play soccer, as I did, or tennis, or sport, or you run, or you walk, it's different. So it's half enough. The extremely positive, I don't remember. <laughs> That's okay, that was positive. Everyone, Massimo Gautura. It's, I don't remember the extremely positive because uh, to me it's always positive, yes. you know, and the, the glass is always half uh, full, so that's very important. Thanks for listening to the Food on the Edge podcast, produced by Sharon Noonan. For more info, visit www.foodontheedge.ie.